Welcome to This Week in Guided Pathways in Schools. This podcast will bring you up to date on Guided Pathways and the schools at MCC a few minutes at a time. I'm Jessica Wilkie, Schools Implementation Lead at MCC. And I'm Amanda Rampey, Technical Assistant for Schools and Pathways. Each week, or week-ish, we'll bring you information, explanations, interviews, and recaps of developments at MCC and in the larger community college world. One thing we would really like to cover are your questions. You can send questions about Guided Pathways or the schools at MCC to schools at monroecc.edu. We will answer all questions either via email or on this podcast. This week, we're talking about the SUNY Guided Pathways Institute, and we'll be hearing from Dan Robertson, Dean of STEM and Health. So Jess, this big conference that happened back in the middle of March here at MCC, only a few MCC people were invited to it. What was that conference? That was the first Institute for the SUNY Guided Pathways Project. So it's similar to the AACC Pathways Project, which a number of faculty were invited to institutes across the country over the past three years. And based on our success as being one of the schools in the first cohort of that, We were asked by SUNY to put together a similar project for all of New York State's community colleges. Okay, so we learned how to implement guided pathways from the AACC project, and then we are involved in teaching guided pathways to all of the other community colleges across New York State. Yes, that's correct. But it's a little different than us teaching everyone else what guided pathways is. We learned how to have the conversations around guided pathways. We learned a lot of the theory, we learned a lot of the architecture of guided pathways, and what we're doing for SUNY is helping other institutions have those conversations, how to make guided pathways their own. Uh, While we're still going through that process ourselves of figuring out all of the details of guided pathways here, we are helping others have conversation and starting that work at their colleges. And so Jess, if folks want to know more about these SUNY Guided Pathways Institutes, what would you recommend they do? Well, a good first step would be going to our webpage, which is monroecc.edu schools. And on the left-hand side there, you'll see a link to the SUNY Guided Pathways project. So we are talking to Dan Robertson, Dean of STEM and Health. Hi, Dan. Thanks for being with us. Sure. Good to be here. What was your role in the first SUNY Guided Pathways Institute? Well, I was part of a team that included administrators, that included faculty, um, that included a board member. So the idea was we were going to work together and work on the next steps in that guided pathways process. So next steps, what steps have we already taken that you know of? Well, we've gone through a good deal of planning processes and now we're really, it's it's a never ending process when you get down to it, but what we're trying to do is develop the kinds of goals that we're going to need to assess and how the buy-in is going to come into play and the different parties that need to take on different roles cause this implementation to move forward. So Dan, you're one of at least three academic deans in similar positions here at MCC. How did you come to be on this team, this institute team? How were you recruited? Well, partly. I hadn't been to an institute before, so it was my turn. You're talking about one of the AACC national institutes. Exactly, yes. And in this particular case, it was a matter of my particular schools that I manage are strongly tied to the benefits that Guided Pathways can provide. Remind us what two schools? The two schools that that I oversee are STEM and 
health studies and physical wellness. You mentioned that um, some of these guided pathways reforms might particularly help those two schools. Do you have any example in mind of sure. one of those? Well, there's probably one from each STEM in particular. Engineering is an area of high demand at the college. Sure. And for every engineering student we have, we have one student who's not quite ready for prime time in engineering. Mm -hmm. And so those students need support. Engineering is a small program, and the individual faculty can and do advise engineering students, but that gives them a significant overload compared to other faculty. Sure. And so we need other faculty who are willing to work with students who are on the pathway. And there's a good deal of interest and a good deal of overlap within STEM between the disciplines that people know and what's needed for engineering. That's one population that involves hundreds of students. Now, a whole other realm and a much bigger realm are people who want to be in our accredited health-related programs. Mm -hmm. Nursing in particular, dental to some degree, rad tech in a different degree, surge tech in, in some degree. For every 10 students who are interested in that program, perhaps one will actually make it into one of those programs. And so a lot of those students need guidance from the beginning. Sure. And it involves taking a number of what are called point-bearing courses that relate to selection in those programs. And to the degree that we can acquaint students with what the path is for them and then follow them as early in the path as possible. Because we can, to a great degree after the first semester, get a very good sense of what their odds are sure. and assess, well, based on what's happened so far, perhaps not the direction you thought, but a different direction might sit better with what your overall goals happen to be. We're developing particular tools to aid in that process. We want to catch students really before they even enlist in classes to understand what a clinical lab technician does, for sure. example, um, what someone in radiologic technology does, or someone in health information, because too many students only know nursing because that's yep. all they've ever heard. And often they don't even know what they would do as a nurse even. I happen to know that you're working on a tool for students to explore all of those together um, as far as an, an interest inventory. Exactly. And that's something we've been working with the people across the board in, in terms of how best to deliver that. Because mm -hmm. ideally it should be in the public domain. If a person's just sure. thinking about going to college, they should be able to find out about these different fields. And, you know, it's really true that although nursing is, is certainly a viable field, not many people know that nursing involves working 12-hour shifts on the weekends, sometimes on random schedules, involves touching people. Some people are surprised to find <laughs> out that's the and case. Most of your day is paperwork and bodily fluid. Exactly. And so that sort of people skill sure. is something that people don't necessarily, and for reasons I can't explain, don't expect and sometimes don't realize until they're actually already in the program. In a given semester, it's typical for one or two students within the first two weeks just to drop out of the program mm -hmm. because either A, it's not what they thought it was, or B, it's more demanding at that point than they could accommodate. And someone else could have been in that seat who fully recognized what the demands would be in that program. So back to the um, Guided Pathways Institute, it sounds like before this SUNY Pathways Institute even happens, you probably had a good idea, at least a little bit, about what Guided Pathways was all about. What did you kind of know 
before the Institute in general and at MCC about guided pathways. What I learned that I didn't know until we actually implemented this was really what's going to be required of different sectors of the college, meaning different employees, to make this work for students. Mm. Because it's, it reaches in every corner of the institution yes. and parts of the institution that didn't necessarily work shoulder to shoulder before need to understand how they go about one another's business and how they can both work to the benefit of this without necessarily one taking over another's role. That's the, the teamwork part of it is probably the most important aspect. And so you've learned about that as we've gone through implementation steps. Right. What from this actual first SUNY Institute uh, stood out to you the most, or what new did you learn about guided pathways? Of course, we're leading the effort in New York State, but what was useful for me was to learn about what's happened in other areas, how they've applied this, and how similar and in some ways different their experiences have been compared to us. We tend to be a little insular. We figure oh, this yes. is all we know, and therefore, you know, this is how it needs to work. Well, we can learn from other areas as well as they can learn from us. And I think the fact that um, some other parts of the country have, have applied this in different ways and in some ways radically different ways than yes. we have um, is really instructive. You know, we're in an interesting position in that when I first came to work here 18 years ago, the philosophy was kind of more, more, more. You know, we always had more to offer, but without the focus that most of our students probably needed then as much as they need now, but now we can recognize that and better, in the sense, guide them and, yep. and provide the sort of individual guidance that those particular students need. So out of these things that you picked up at the SUNY Guided Pathways Institute, did anything stand out to you as something that's really going to impact your division particularly? One thing that really affects us and is the biggest single area that I work with in terms of departments is math. That's a big stumbling block for a lot of students. And so we need to figure out ways in order to help students get to where they need to be in math. And part of that involves making sure that students are on the correct path to begin with. I've looked at data that suggests that some students have wound up being in the incorrect math class, and so they have to step back in order to do that. But regardless of how you look at it, and we've spent a lot of time looking at the data, so if you look at average student pass rates, regardless of the class, and if they have to take a sequence of those, what happens is that if you pass, say, two-thirds of that, and another two-thirds, and another two-thirds, if they have to take two or three classes, the number coming out at the bottom can't help but be small. Right. So you have to find a way to make that path shorter. Over the short term, what we're going to need to do is see what those different models do and how they work for particular groups of students. You know, any educational model is never a one-size-fits-all. And if I could wave a magic wand, we could take an individual student and say, okay, based on what we know about you, here's what you should do for math. You know, right. Something like flexible pace works for you. Something like traditional works for you. Something for accelerated is more likely to work for you. Yes. If we can get to that point, then I think we'll really, you know, make the kind of headway that we hope to. So in all the things you've learned between the national project and research you've done on your own here at MCC and now the SUNY Guided Pathways piece, a lot of this stays in the realm of theory when you're working with larger groups or a national group. What have you learned through our SUNY Guided Pathways Institutes about putting Guided Pathways philosophy or theory into practice at MCC? Well, I think what... Most of what I deal with in my job 
is faculty. I've got a hundred full-time faculty, literally, in, in my neighborhood, plus another 500 adjuncts, more or less, a couple of specialists, a lot of staff, grant programs, and now we've gotten our feet wet enough where we've got a better sense of, A, what do we need to do and who do we need to do it for? Yes. We've got particular populations and we've got um, needs and we need to match resources with those and the actual need we can define now. So when it comes to putting it in practice, we can be specific because and it relates to advising and student interaction. Mm -hmm. People across the board that I know who advise get a more rewarding experience the better they get to know students. And so the greater depth of interaction has benefits on both sides of the desk, if you will. And so what we want to be able to do is to describe the need that we have for advising in such a way that it doesn't seem so daunting. Well, we are just about out of time here. So Dan, thank you so much for joining us today. You're welcome, glad to be here. And uh, we look forward to hearing more developments on how Guided Pathways implementation rolls into MCC. Join us next week for a discussion on DegreeWorks Notes with Sally Dingy.